0: My dear friends in Jesus Christ, what a privilege I have to speak to you about our loving friend Jesus Christ. May God bless you as you listen to his words. My topic is, make the right choice. Make the right choice. Shall we pray? My gracious heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the privilege I have to speak your truth, I pray thee to anoint my lips and help me to articulate, to tell nothing but the truth. May your children not hear my sinful voice. May they hear the sweet voice of Jesus Christ our Lord. For we shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. May this truth flow from their sinful lips. In the name of Jesus Christ my Lord, Amen. There are two ways to live in this world. One is a graceful, honorable, and a Christ-like life. The other is a life of disgrace. And that is why you have to make the choice. Do you want to live a graceful life or a disgraceful life? Guess who made this statement? Guess who gave us this choice to make? Our Lord made it plain in his Sermon on the Mount. That each person has the choice to make. In Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 to 16. Jesus made a profound statement during this sermon. We have talked about it already. But let me take this portion and then expand it. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be would go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. It's very interesting. So we have the broad way and the narrow way. The broad way is a disgraceful life. The narrow way is the, the life of grace, the life of honor, the life of a Christ-like character. Guess what? how he put it? Because straight is the gate, verse 14. Few there be that find it. In other words, those who make the choice, make the right choice to go through the narrow gate are very few. Because there are many obstacles. There are many hindrances. There are many sacrifices to make if you want to go through that gate. Two ways to live. Let me take the first one. What is a disgraceful life? It simply means a life without Christ. It is a life of shame, a life of satanic control. It is a life independent of God. It is a life of slavery to a particular habit. You become a victim, you become a captive, a prisoner of a particular situation or habit. It is like Mary Magdalene before she met Jesus. She could not control her passions, and she was exposed to all kinds of shameful things. It is a life of misery, spiritual poverty, disgrace, death, and finally eternal destruction. Paul was writing to Christians in Rome, and he was making it plain that whether you were a Jew or not, it didn't matter. That what mattered was the choice that one made. Let me read to you what he wrote to the Romans. In Romans chapter 1, I'm reading from verse 21. I'll be jumping the verses, but we are trying to read from verse 21 to 32. Take your time and read all these verses. Verse 21 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise they became fools so those who choose the broad way know god they have heard of the truth they have heard about jesus they know the doctrines of christ but they didn't make the right choice verse 23 and change the glory of the un- uncorruptible god into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things wherefore god also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own house, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. They knew God, and they made a choice. They knew what was right. They knew what a graceful life meant. They knew what a Christ-like life meant. But they chose to go the broad way without any sacrifice. They want salvation without any cost. They want salvation, cheap grace, to cover them and to be saved. Wherefore God gave them up. Verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie. They knew the truth of God, but they changed it. And they worshipped and served creature more than the creator. So they will worship the beasts, the antichrist, instead of the creator, who is to be worshipped on the Sabbath. That is what they did. They didn't worship the creator. They worshipped the creature, who is blessed forevermore. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature there you are so you have people who have chosen to be christians but no sacrifice and eventually because they have deserted god as their creator and they are worshiping a creature listening to fables from people they end up doing disgraceful things women doing things that are very abnormal that is lesbianism look at verse 26 for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, and even their woman did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was me. This is homosexuality. It's so plain. They go to church, they call the name of Christ, but they have made a wrong choice. They have chosen the broad way, the way of disgrace, the way of shamefulness, the way that leads to total destruction. Verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient. They will do things that are shameful, because the Spirit of God is not in them. They have themselves. Self is in them. So they do things according to their own lusts and passions and desires, not by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And what are the things that they do? Verse 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceitful, malignity, whisperers, that is gossipers, backbiters. Haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers. They say I'll marry you. He will never marry you. He's lying. He said, I'll take you to Europe. He will never do it. He only wants your body or your money. Without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God. That they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Oh, what a a tragedy. What a sad story. People know the right thing to do, but they wouldn't do it. At the same time, they go to church. That's a broad way. It is a disgraceful life. Sin even in the way they dress. Half naked dressing. It is a life of prostitution, homosexuality, lesbianism, drunkenness. Can you imagine a well-educated person beating, beating his wife? A well-educated person drunk and doesn't know where his car keys are. Men dra- dressing like women and piercing their ears and putting in earrings and go and sit in the pew. When they know the truth that God hates such actions. They know it. They become a disappointment. It is a life of a hopeless end. I have news for you this evening many chose this lifestyle and they died shamefully samson tried it he tried it he knew the will of god he disobeyed god and because of a woman samson sold out to the philistines he suffered before he died king saul tried it because of fame and power He wouldn't do the will of God and he looked down upon Samuel and was determined to kill little boy David and he died like a rat and he will lose the kingdom of God Judas Iscariot tried it and he ended up committing suicide because he was money-minded he knew what God wanted. He knew the truth. He knew Christ. He knew what he was expected to do. But he refused to do it. They all made the wrong choice. And I'm appealing to you in the name of Jesus. Don't follow their suit. You do not want to pass through life and live a disgraceful life. A Broadway life somebody has said life without christ is a hopeless end but life with christ is an endless hope it is endless because one day we are going to be at a banquet in heaven we will live with jesus in eternity satan has three aims for your life to deceive you to disgrace you and to destroy you first peter chapter 5 first peter chapter 5 listen to the caution by peter i'm reading from verse 8 be sober be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a rolling lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom? Resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Resist him by your faith. Resist him by the choices you make. Resist him by following the straight and the narrow way, because that is a disciplined life. You do according to the will of God, not according to your own will. God has a better plan for you. Let me read it to you. John chapter 10, verse 10. John 10, 10. God has a better plan for your life. And I think it is wise to make a right choice so that you will enjoy the blessings of God. John 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. Jesus has come to give you abundant life. Make a right choice because God has a a good plan for you. Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah 29, I'm reading verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to keep you, I mean, to give you an expected end. God says, I want to give you a graceful life. What is a graceful life? What is that honorable life? What is that Christ-like life? Let me put it this way. A graceful life is an honorable life. For example, if you choose Christ and you are a student, you can imagine your graduation day when people will come and surround you and take pictures and heaven will smile on you because the Spirit of God was with you. Imagine whatever situation in which you are, and you make the choice that you're going to worship the Lord and worship the creator, not the creature. You can imagine the day when you you, you you take your wife, and that wife is not a man. It's not a man to a man, but a woman, but a, a man to a woman. Imagine you take your wife to to, to to the altar and you you slowly unveil her beautiful face. Imagine all the guests who are surrounded. Surrounding you and praising God. Imagine the smile on the face of heaven. That here is a child who has made a right choice. Not taking a man with man to an altar. Not taking a woman with a woman to an altar. Christ can change your present situation. He can give you, he can give you a new life. He can give you a graceful life. That is why he came to give us grace. I don't want to forget about the day when you will have your first baby, and then you take that baby to the church, and there stands your husband, there stands your wife, and the baby is, is holding you, and the pastor walks down and blesses your baby, and all heaven smiles on you, and the baby becomes a heritage of the Lord. You can proudly say, "That is the father, my husband, the father of my baby." The truth is, it costs to be Christ. Don't forget that it costs time money energy sacrifice to live a christ-like life it is not cheap grace you just go and do whatever you want to do you choose a broad way and live your free life and you still think that one day you can live in eternity with christ it doesn't work it costs your parents to honor you didn't it it'll cost your husband to honor you ask how much it costs your husband for that wedding Honor and grace are not cheap. It is expensive to be honored. It is intentional. It is very selective. Praise the Lord. And that is why we learned that we were selected. We were chosen. We were called. We were sanctified. And now we have been invited to a wedding banquet in heaven where there will be no more sin. So is grace. It sounds cheap in our ears, but very expensive to heaven. Grace is very expensive. And when I hear people downplaying grace, I pity them because they don't know what they are talking about. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, I wanted to make the right choice. I made this decision. I made this choice in 1969, and I will never regret it. For you know, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, and for your sakes, he became poor. That ye through his poverty might be rich. He was rich. He was in the mansions of heaven. He was worshipped by angels. But because of you, he came down. So you and I can go up. He became the son of man. So you and I can become the children of God. He died so we can live. Jesus has given us grace. God has chosen to honor you and me. Before Satan and all your enemies. Who think that you will never be, you'll be nobody, you'll never be anybody. Jesus can take a hopeless person from, a, from the life, a situation of disgrace, and make him a graceful, honourable person. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. Galatians 4, 4 and 5. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. To redeem them that were under the law. That we might receive the the adoption of sons. Verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart. Crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. But if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Hallelujah. What a graceful life. I am a heir of heaven. God treats me the way he would treat Jesus. I have the respect of the angels, not because of the things I have done, but because of the choice I have made. I have chosen Jesus Christ, and the plan of God is going to work out for me. Listen to how Charles Allen has defined grace. Grace is the active love of God, free. The winsome attractiveness of God. It attracts you to God. And the strength and power. Listen to that the strength and the power of God to overcome every evil in your life hallelujah so when you choose grace Alan is saying God gives you power grace is a dynamite it destroys all the evil things the devil that is disgraceful thing the devil gave you and then he turns your life around Thomas Benton Brooks asks he says as fire and water do not agree in the same vessel grace and sin cannot agree in the same heart hallelujah i believe what he is saying listen to what the bible says in titus chapter 2 verses 11 to 13 titus 2 11 to 13 and like the way paul puts it titus chapter 2 verses 11 to 13 for the grace of of god that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we shall live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That is grace. What is a graceful life? A graceful life is a life of deliverance from one state of life to another. A life of disgrace to a life of grace. To a new and an abundant life. It is from Satan's kingdom to the kingdom of God. It is from shame to glory. It is a new life. It is from a spiritual poverty to spiritual riches. It is from a sinner to a saint. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 to 11. It is a life totally independent of Satan. It is a life totally dependent on God. It's a life of joy, happiness, peace and longevity and eventually eternal life. Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 23 John 14, 23. Listen to this wonderful promise. John 14, 23. I read to you hearing. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man loves me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Can you imagine God living in you? Praise the Lord. And then he says, verse 27. Peace, I live with you. My peace, I give unto you. Not as the word give, it, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I have given you grace. Accept it and be a new person. Mark chapter 10. When you are making this choice, you may be thinking about all the sacrifices you will make. Listen to Jesus. Mark chapter 10. I'm reading from verse 30, 28 to 30. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo. We have left all and have followed thee. Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. And in the world to come, eternal life. I will give you a gift, the gift of eternal life. If you accept Jesus, you become a new person. Second Corinthians 5:17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Don't you want this kind of life? Remember, it is by choice. You have to choose. You enjoy the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of Jesus Christ. I want God to call me, there goes my son. When you say you are under grace, it means you are on the side of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 16 to 18, it says you are on the side of Christ and God lives in you. And what happens? You become a special person, a child of God, a child of God. Right. Let me read from verse sixteen. And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, "I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people." Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, said the Lord, and don't touch the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be your Father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Don't you want God to honor you? This is the life of grace. It is a life of grace. A life. A life. That brings hope, a life that brings joy. Christ took away. Christ took away my sorrow and gave me his peace. He took away my poverty and gave me his riches. He took away my misery and gave me his joy. He took away my anger and gave me his patience. He took away my selfishness and gave me his kindness. He took away my badness and gave me his goodness. God, Christ took away. All that Satan gave me and gave me all that his father gave him. Praise the Lord. This is grace. I want to write that name. That name, that special name, Jesus Christ, all over me. J for justification. E for edification. S for sanctification. U for unification. And S for salvation. Jesus has saved me. He has given me grace. It costs him so much. It cost him so much to give me the life of grace. He laid down his life, John fifteen, verse thirteen, He laid down his life so I can have life. John three sixteen For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I like the way John Newton put it. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I can see. Then he continues. It was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. Listen to the last stanza. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, We have no less days to sing God's praise than when we first began. The choice is yours. Please choose to live a graceful life. Don't choose to live a disgraceful life. I wish you all the best as you make this decision that the Spirit of God will lead you and guide you and give you a life of hope A life of joy. A life that will eventually end up in eternity. Gracious Father, how can we thank you for giving us the opportunity to make a choice. This evening we have heard your words. Help us to make the right choice. In the wonderful name of your dear son Jesus I pray. Amen. My friend, your sure way of making good choices in this life is to depend upon the Lord. Stay close therefore to God and The Lord will always guide you to make the right choices. We have DVDs and also audio CDs that cover these topics that we share with you. And we pray that you will make requests for your copies and make requests for other people too. We're praying that you'll also find time to make some donations to support this program on the air. And next week, same day, same time, we'll be back with another message for you. God bless you. Thank you for watching today's episode of Encounter with Truth with God's 7 Pastor Dr. Andrews Lawrence-Ew, an international evangelist. For inquiries, prayer or counselling, call any of the following numbers on your screen. And remember, your generous financial support is always welcome. Please call us. May God richly bless you. Jesus is again